0: Listening to The Brian Black Experience, with your host, Brian Black. What's going on, everyone? It's your main man, Brian Black. And yes, your ears do not deceive you. It is the voice of the one and only... <laughs> me Brian Black Yeah I know it it's it's been a minute and uh my bad my bad I did something that I said I wasn't going to do and I was take a hiatus took a little mini hiatus from the from the show a little bit had had some things to take care of so I'm back I'm here and hopefully uh new and improved so to speak I uh, hope you also like the music that was uh vibing when the show began, that beat was courtesy. It's old, a little old school. It was courtesy of my main man, my boy DJ Trey. Now, some of y'all that may be a throwback for some of some people listening to this, but DJ Trey, my boy, one of the finest DJs in all of the land, uh, would often make uh, make beats, make the, the music productions. And this was one of his beats a little bit of retro. I don't even know if he still has his file, but I'm using it because it was on my computer. So it's my property. Uh, big shout out to DJ Trey, former DJ of the uh, 4040 Club up in New York City. Shout out to DJ Pound, DJ G-Stone still doing their thing out here in these streets. You Nami. Know I mean, so, yeah, like I said, I know it's been a minute. And quite frankly, we've got a little bit to catch up on, don't we? A lot of a lot of things been going on, man, and you know uh, I do want to talk talk about a couple little things. Uh, you know, we had the NBA draft lottery, which was actually earlier tonight. We had uh, some goings on in the uh, the Game of Thrones. I'm not gonna be all here marking out about Game of Thrones. I got a lot. Of, I got enough people doing that. Um, But I did want to kind of talk about it for a minute because this last episode was pretty interesting. Uh, Obviously, it's been a few weeks since Avengers Endgame came out and the spoiler ban has been lifted for about, what, 10, 11 days now. So I wanted to kind of catch up with you on that, too, because, you know, you know, I had to see it. So and I also wanted to talk about church specifically black church, (laughs) black church. Yes, that is a thing. For those of you that don't know, black church is a thing. Uh, I actually was listening to some guys on the radio, uh, ESPN radio specifically over the weekend, and they were talking about black church. And honestly, they had me rolling. So I kind of wanted to talk about that. So let's work backwards a little bit. And we're going to talk about Things that have happened more recently, they will work our way back to endgame. So like I said, but today was the draft lottery, the NBA draft lottery, where for anyone who doesn't know what that means, that means that the teams who did not make the playoffs have their fates determined for the upcoming NBA draft, meaning that they they have a lottery system, you know, the team or teams with the three worst records in the league have the same amount this year, same amount of chances percentage wise to obtain the first pick in the draft. And this year's pick is highly coveted because of a young man by the name of Zion Williamson, who plays, he played rather for Duke University uh, freshman and he'll be coming out of the into the league this year and he is uh rated very highly we're talking like lebron-esque patrick ewing-esque in terms of uh importance to to one's uh his future franchise as a franchise player generational type talent hopefully maybe uh so and you know interesting because they say we say generational because yes lebron was a generational talent and he is now what 30 something years old and then on somewhat on the decline so it's interesting how just things work and how these literally these generational excuse me these generational players come along every uh 18 to 20 years um I didn't even think I'd be old enough to even never say that but now that I've seen it and I am a basketball fan I can kind of see how these things work and are cyclical like that uh so tonight was the draft As many of you know, I am a card-carrying New York Knicks fanatic. (sighs) So the expectation was because we stunk and we actually did the right thing and tanked this past season, that the hope was, thought was, that we would be able to win the NBA draft lottery. In typical Knicks fashion, they tank the year that the odds aren't necessarily in their favor. But that's okay. Because the last time we tried to tank, we didn't do it right. We ended up with, what, the fourth pick and got Chris Stapp's Porzingis. Now, in retrospect, it's interesting because had the Knicks uh, obtained the first pick in the draft that year, they actually probably would have drafted Jaleel Okafor. And he has been kind of a bust. Especially for, has highly talented. excuse me, especially considering how highly touted he was at the time. He was another one of those potentially game-changing players, and he turned out to be a bust thus far. Bit of a head case at that. Whereas KP, when healthy, is one of the top players in the league. And we all know how that story ended. But I digress. So the Knicks were hoping to to get Zion to get the number one pick in the draft. And before I even continue on, the Knicks actually would not have drafted statistically lower than five fifth, which is for them is is almost pointless because they need a game. They need a franchise player. So if you didn't watch the way that the lottery went because they changed the uh, format in terms of the percentages, it was all over the place. Three of the top four teams that got the top picks weren't Ness weren't projected, based on percentage, to end up in the actual lottery, meaning the top four picks. So, what do you think happened? Three of the top four got in. Three of the four that weren't supposed to be there got in. Lakers, Grizzlies, and... Uh, oh, I'm drawing a blank. Lakers, Grizzlies... Uh, Jesus, tip, tip. I gotta go. To, I gotta go to the Google machine here. Just bear with me. Just bear with me, cause I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. Oh yeah, the Google. Gotta go to the Google. Google knows everything. Just don't look it up for uh, health information. Talk on it. Talk on it. What is this? Google, what are you doing to me? Google. Ah, the Pelicans. So, yes, the top three who snuck in there, the Pelicans, the Lakers and the Grizzlies. The Cavs got eliminated. They end up drafting fifth because they were one of those top three teams as bad as the Knicks. My Knicks, as you saw, won the third pick in the draft. I, don't, I And, you know, and. I don't know how to feel about that. You know, I really don't know how to feel about that. I was hoping that the not even hoping. I actually had a feeling that a thought, a glimmer of hope. There you go. A glimmer of hope that the Knicks were actually going were bad enough to get the first pick. The, The drafting no lower than five thing wasn't comforting because at five, it's, you know, it's still it's a great place to pick in in any other normal circumstance for any other team but for these guys no they needed the top two or three pick so we got number three we got number three and um you know it's one of those things where you're lucky to be in the top three blessed fortunate rather whatever word you want to use but at the same time the goal was to get this guy was to get Zion right and now you don't even have a chance that's not even happening OK, but on the flip side of that is that you, again, kind of going back to the little local four thing, you never know what a player is going to be. Yet when a player of Zion's caliber, who again, statistically ranked up there collegiate wise with Anthony Davis, with KD, the young KD, young Anthony Davis, you don't pass on that. And you only have again one. You only get one shot at that once in a lifetime shot. Okay, and so you were really hoping that the Knicks fortune would turn on a dime, this being the dime, because that could just open up the door for many things. It makes the team more desirable, puts butts in seats, not that the Knicks don't sell out, but it really just changes the dynamic. It really just changes the perception um, of the team. So that didn't happen. And I don't know what we're going to do. They could trade it and keep moving for a decent player. Or they could draft, say, R.J. Barrett. And, yeah, I was telling my brother, Mike Black, that, you know, not for nothing, I was kind of a little hesitant on the whole Zion thing. Just because he was ranked, so he's rated so highly and highly sought that if the Knicks got him, with the Knicks, of course, having Knicks-type luck, is that he would be a bust. But now that I know he's going to go to another team, the guy's going to be a stud. I already know he's going to be a megastar. But I do like R.J. Barrett's game. For The little bit I've seen of him, he's got the length. He plays that up and down style. Shoot, length, he's long. Pause. And he he has a um, style that is more so fitting for today's NBA. And I think you can just plug him right in. So I'm kind of glad of that because Zion still needs to work on the jump shot and develop, well, develop a jump shot. It can't be any worse than Ben Simmons's uh, jump shot or lack thereof. I think I'm not saying that uh, R.J. Barrett has a higher ceiling. I'm just saying for right now, it's a safer pick. And it may not set you back that much if he proves not to be all that or if he doesn't become a a superstar maybe he just becomes a a middle of the road you know b plus a minus type player and not a megastar like zion and that's okay because it's still better than what we have today still better than what we have today so sunday was game of thrones night and most of us who watch game of thrones have seen it by now and you know that Daenerys fully embraced the dark side and people were pissed well I see some people I saw a lot of the reaction on the internets uh and people were really upset by the fact that she really embraced her dark side I mean plot twist be damned it, it was kind of it no let me, let me say this no it was not the best Game of Thrones episode that I've seen and I've only watched it for two seasons um uh. So don't judge me on you Game of Thrones marks. Don't come for me. Stay home. Don't come for me. Don't come for me unless I call you. (laughs) But uh, I have gotten into the show in a short time and I was really hoping that she wouldn't turn heel. (laughs) I was really hoping that she would be on the Iron Throne, but it's looking more and more like it's going to be Jon Snow. Um, And so The reason I brought it up because I actually thought, despite you know how the episode turned out, and yeah, it may not have been the strongest entry because, and for many reasons, not just because Daenerys turned heel, but so let me just remind you guys, or for for anyone that is hearing this for the first time, trying to catch up with me, um, you know, I'm a writer. I've been writing for several years now, so even my perspective on content is a little different at times. You know, when I go all. Put on my writer's hat and things like that so one of the problems that the episode had and that, and again this is the final season all of these plot lines and major sub subplots are, are supposed to be wrapping up so on the episode the big bad Cersei and I'm saying her name right Cersei bites it Cersei dies seemingly and the only problem with it was that there was no payoff there was no payoff for her death why because as the antagonist usually what happens is that the protagonist in their efforts to achieve and overcome and fight the bigger villain who may be bigger stronger faster they have to take that on themselves in, in order to shine for lack of a better term and Cersei was such, she was, she was a great villain. This is a great villain. So you hated her. You're watching the show and you're like, oh, she deserves to die. She shouldn't cut the girl, she done cut the girl's head off last week, you know, the week before rather. You know, she's a, she's dastardly. She's a horrendous human being and you want to see her bite it. And you want to see your hero, whether it be Jon Snow, Daenerys or whomever, an area. Okay, you wanna see that person give her the business. But instead, what we get, she was crushed to death when the castle fell on her. her and the, her and the an incestuous boyfriend. Like, are you kidding me? And it left such and I obviously I'm a, based on what's being said online. Honestly, I guess I'm not I am not the only person who felt like that. You don't have to you don't have to be a writer to understand that there was no payoff, to just feel so unsatisfied with what you watched based on how long you've watched it, how much you've invested mentally or otherwise into the characters to see this great villain not get her comeuppance is extremely disappointing. And it really is. a It's a major letdown. If this is the end of her, this is a that's a major letdown, and they really kind of you know really just kind of did a disservice, you know maybe inadvertently or what have you. I don't know. They really did a disservice to the fans of the show. I'm really and I'm really speaking to the hardcore fans. I like the show. I'm a fan. But I'm not a hardcore fan. I mean, I'm not. It's not like we're talking about Marvel content here, you know, where I'm I, I might fight you over it, you know. <laughs> It was such a letdown, and you know I almost felt I actually was watching it. I'm like, oh really? She don't go out like that, you know. So I can imagine how someone who's watched the show from day one, read the books, how they must have felt, and that, and that kind of stinks because you really enjoy this content, and you really want to see the stuff play out, and you just didn't get that with her death, and you know. And then when when Homeboy I don't even know his name killed his brother the ugly looking zombie guy, okay. Again, I just was just like, well, what was the point of this fight? You know, it was almost like filler, like again, subplots. You know, but and that they tied up in their own way, but you know, I, it was just totally unsatisfying. And going back to Daenerys, yeah, it was a bit of a shock to see her turn heel. However. Amelia uh, Amelia Clark Amelia Clark excuse me I think is the actress's name that plays Daenerys. Bravo, Bravo, excellent acting job, excellent. You may not have liked it from a story from a story perspective, but she did a hell of a job with her acting. Hell of a job, hell of a job. By the director, hell of a job. Because you saw—I don't want to say angst—but you could see her turn heel without. She didn't even say a word. You could see the change, and not one word came out of her mouth. She played it to perfection. It was all emotion, all in her facials. Go back and watch it. You could see the exact. You could. You you could almost see. Or hear what she was, what the character was thinking at that moment. You know, the bells are ringing. Bong, bong, bong. Which was the signal for them to surrender. I'm not necessarily sure if she saw the army standing there, you know, lay down their swords. I'm not really sure about, but I have to go back and watch. But she knew what that meant because um the dwarf guy, he explained it to her. He knew what that meant. Bong, bong, bong she was just so overcome with maybe a a hint of grief but mainly anger and it was in the heat of the moment and you would just see her face that when she kind of potted up her lips turned up her lips rather the bags under her eyes and she just had that thought you know this could stop right now they surrender, and we're good we won she turned her face up and it was like nah mm-mm This half forgot to go. <laughs> she proceeded to lay waste to the to, to the kingdom. Um, it, but it would have been really dope, really dope, if while Cersei was in the uh, the castle window there, the dragon she did, she loses sight of the dragon, Daenerys and the dragon, and the dragon, and all you see is the dragon's face or the eyeball. Looking right back at Cersei through the, the little window, the you know the dragon just kind of raises up from underneath, right below her eyesight, and there she's standing face to face with this dragon, and the dragon either you know burns her to death, eats her, or something like that. It would have been way more satisfying. but I mean, still would have been quick, but it would have been way more satisfying to see her to see Cersei get hers. You know, but again, excellent job by Emilio. Uh, oh gosh, uh, I'm gonna call the it, Daenerys. <laughs> excellent job by Daenerys in terms of her acting um you know same thing with the guy that plays Jon Snow he knew he was like damn no I got to kill this fo you know <laughs> he knew he you know he doesn't want the throne and because of the fact that he doesn't want it that makes him a- actually more suitable to be king because he's not power hungry And the thing with Daenerys is I wasn't really sure if it was so much as power hungry. I think it's starting to turn that way because she's like she really wanted to be queen. You know, and she knows what that right is right and wrong is wrong in terms of that succession, how that John should be the king. But I'm not so sure if what she did during the the battle scene um, had anything to do with wanting to be queen. or Just the fact that she could do it you know and then again like she was like I said before she was really angry and you know in the heat of the moment so I am very curious to see what happens on that next episode on the live the final episode and which is kind of trippy very curious because you know John John's basically I mean, if John was a brother he'd be like she got to go she got to go she got to go son you know there it can be only one it'd be like an episode of Highlander there can be only one only one person is gonna sit on this throne so it, 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 it's going down It's the main event It's the final episode of Game of Thrones And I think everyone And a mama Is going to be watching So I hope it comes on this Sunday I'm not sure if it's going to be a two week thing They're going to stretch it out or what But um, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it I'm definitely looking curious to see Because I have never read any of the books To see who sits on the Iron Throne Avengers has been out for a couple of weeks now and if you haven't seen it, you know, something, stop smoking, put the wacky tobacco down and get out the house because this movie is awesome. Clearly it's the best Marvel one of, I mean, I'm always gonna be partial to Black Panther, you know, Wakanda forever, um, but, uh, but damn. This Avengers Endgame was something else. I saw it opening night, oh no, no, excuse me. I saw it that Saturday. Winning weekend. And I literally. During toward the end of the movie. When all the heroes came back. I literally got goosebumps. And was shouting in the movie theater. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah man. Oh. And I'm clapping. Yeah. Oh it's Black Panther baby. Wakanda forever baby. Yeah. Yeah son. Oh. I I was. I lost it. I lost it. I I was die, <laughs> and I'm not a shame. There's no shame in my game when it comes to these Marvel Studios films. No shame in my game. All right. Now I'm not gonna be the one talking through the movie or nothing like that. No. But if these when these movies pop, when these movies go, and they pop me, I'm popped. They, I'm I'm I can't even contain it. You know, twelve year old Brian, twelve year old Brian Black just comes right out of the closet. You know, it's ridiculous how good these films are. And it's so trippy because, you know, as I'm sitting over here smiling as I'm talking about it, it's so crazy because when we were kids and you may be one of those kids may have been one of those kids, you know, who read comics and watched the cartoons and things like that. You know, when I was in school, way back in the day, we would always sit and talk about how these characters would and would be on screen you know what kind of movies they should they, they should always make an X expert movie they should always make they should make an avengers movie yeah that'd be really cool you know and you know we were so ahead of our time in my perspective you know where we'd be like we'd bring it back like nah but you know they don't they can't really do x y and z they don't have the technology it will look corny you know but here we are in 2018 and 2019 and what have you and, and you know they can they look movie to computers are so all right fancy dan and 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 savvy you know that they don't even need the actor in the movie anymore they just take your likeness and computer animate you which is what i think is going to happen with uh tony stark moving forward for the time until they replace uh robert downey jr so it's very interesting it's very cool and you know avengers endgame was just phenomenal I really want to see it again. I'm I'm hesitant to watch it on Fire Stick, but I gotta see it again. It was just that good. Just that good. You know, I felt like you know they could have Captain Marvel could have been a little more better, a little better in it, I guess. But she was still dope. She was still dope. But she was kind of, you know, giving Thanos the business. You know, it was dope. I was a little surprised, uh, not even a little surprised, I was very surprised that black widow um died i didn't see it coming i mean started till it started happening but i didn't see prior to that i didn't see it coming did not and uh it was a little surprising especially because like, we know that they're working on her solo film you know which again can just be a prequel or something but uh i was floored i i went seeing her laying at the bottom of that um you know when he gets soul stoned bloodied done i was like damn you know Jeremy Renner, Hawkeye did a great great job, hacked his ass off too. To come back from the teleport, he's on his knees. And he just looks he's just devastated. You know, very great acting. And honestly, my favorite character. I think he the MVP. So who who would you consider the MVP of all of the Avengers movies? And I'm just talking about from a character perspective, not necessarily from things that they've done, but from an enjoyment perspective. Who's the MVP? And I'm just talking Avengers, not the the uh, spinoffs. Just Avengers. Avengers 1, Age of Ultron, uh, Infinity War, and this one, Endgame. Who's your MVP? Wondering who Mines is? Mines is the Hulk. David Banner. Mark Ruffalo, who plays the Hulk, plays David Banner, or Bruce Banner, excuse me. The Hulk was the Avengers MVP. He was the he was literally the most enjoyable enjoyable character in all four movies, and I know he didn't show up in Infinity War, but even you know the fact that he was sitting there fighting man, no, not coming out, you know, um, and and heck, and if you want to add in a bonus, Thor Ragnarok, you know the Hulk has been the most enjoyable character in all of these Avengers movies, and just the fact that they did expand on his character. Uh, and evolve his character in Ragnarok was awesome because I felt like they didn't really utilize the Hulk, even though know, I'm saying he's the MVP, um, they didn't necessarily use Hulk to his best potential in the previous Avengers movies. But, um, we, we, we got full on Hulk, and just and I always loved the Professor Hulk persona or the iteration of the Hulk as Professor Hulk, uh, in the comics when they did that years ago. probably back in like the 90s just because it made more sense to me that you know that their personalities should either merge or that Banner should have control over his transformations into the Hulk or not but I always liked the Hulk fully uh, I don't want to say sentient but just fully aware and smart it it just always made more sense to me and and he can still have those moments where he kind of is like a dullard you know if he gets too angry you know or he's you know uh, um acting childlike you know it, it's he's a very entertaining character and they, and, and <laughs> how they made him just more of like a big geek as opposed to like you know a big dullard um or you know overly pretentious you know because I think in the hall in the uh book comic books rather he when he's Professor Hawk he still kind of had like this bit of a um, a-hole mentality. This Professor hawk was is a big nerd. When he dabbed at the dining room at the diner with, with the little kids, uh, asking for an autograph. I mean, come on. And I know Mark Ruffalo, if you're listening, or if one, if anyone out there wants to give this to Mark Ruffalo, man, you, you got to do a Hulk, a Hulk solo movie or a series, please. I, I like the Banner character. Uh, especially when um, Bill Bixby did it. He reminds me, you, sir, remind me of Bill Bixby. And I think you could pull that off. I really do that you think you could carry that role for as long as you wanted. And I know the um, uh, motion capture stuff was a little annoying. And, you know, I've heard uh, Mark Ruffalo, I've heard him talk about it uh, on several interviews. And it's kind of, you know, can make him dizzy or what have you. But uh, it, damn. I could definitely use some more Hulk Pause. I could definitely use some more Hulk. And, um, they've only really just scratched the surface with that character. Hopefully they can, um, do something with it, even though they have to replace them and just do something else. Um, but dang, I would love to see more Hulk for sure. I would love to see more Hulk. <laughs> But that was In def- Endgame was definitely my favorite, most favorite uh Avengers movie. Infinity War. I mean they're they're like apples and oranges. And even you know, even though uh Endgame is the you know direct spin out or the direct the continuation, excuse me, of Infinity War. Um it could probably stand on its own. Um but Endgame that's all I can say just in game. Just go see it. Just go see it. It's it's really dope It's really dope You know I think even the kids in black church Would be able to go see Endgame And if I was a kid in black church I'd be like we ain't gone. We can't go to church today we gotta go see Endgame You know they were sold out on Friday and Saturday Not everybody knows You know like, yeah, I don't always talk about it um, Even with some of my friends But uh, you know I grew up in the church And when I say I grew up in the church I mean for me, what that means, what that looks like, is you know, my parents would take us to church, make us go really uh, to church every Sunday. Shucks, I even went to a Christian school, not a Catholic school, Christian school. I grew up in the church. Um I, you know, I wasn't really into all the choir and ushering or really pretty much anything that involved me getting out of the pew. <laughs> Uh, but a lot of mainly you know and that was just how I was it didn't have anything to do with me not wanting to be there it was just more you know uh, I was uh, my you know I was marching to the beat of my own drum um, you know a lot of the kids at the time thought they were too cool for school and you know I wasn't didn't really care you know so I didn't really want to be bothered I was like all right I'm good no you know, I don't want to deal with this person that person and deal with the, their massive size the egos so, you know, I was just kind of me But black church is funny, man And again, because my church is a little old, it's over 100 years old um, Family church, you know My cousins, 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 cousins You know, grew up in the church My grandparents, parents, parents, parents Grew up in the church, in this particular church So there's a very old school Even though it was in North Jersey, it's very old school You know, almost, you know, Southern Baptist values um, You know, you had to dress a certain way and it was, Not that it was written in stone But I remember, you know Getting made to wear suits every every Sunday, or shirt and tie at the very least, you know. God forbid you tried to wear some jeans and some khakis. It was just like you committed, committed a felony, you know, um, again, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, so when I got older, I was just kind of like, oh, well, no, I'm going to wear what I want to wear for within reason. And I do think people should dress nice to go to, to attend church, you know, instead of looking like they just came off the street. But if that's all you got to roll with, you know. Hey. Why not? Right? Come as you are and all of that, right? Um, but black church is funny because, you know, you do have, as comparison to other types of churches, you know, as the guys in the radio are talking about, you know, you go to church and it's, it's like a party. You know, you always wondered sometimes, like, who was being real and who was kind of being fake. Who's phony? Who's fake? There's a type of people I hate. Anyway, um you know, you always wondered who who was putting on a show or who was legitimately, you know, in the spirit. Uh, And, you know, you go in there and you're sitting there and then, you know, you you have (laughs) we're talking about, people feeling the spirit and everything. You know, you got some people passing out. You got some people dancing. You got some people doing the, you know, doing the jitterbug and, you know, (laughs) yelling and screaming. Yeah, Lord! Yeah, Lord! Yeah, Lord! Which is... Totally cool. You know. Um, everybody worships a little different, you know. Um But it was it was just it, it was just something else. You know, and if you've never experienced black church, you know, you might it could be a little off putting. You know, I've even been to churches in the south where, you know, the women couldn't only could only wear now I may be saying this wrong, could they only wear skirts dresses, excuse me, and not wear pant panted outfits? Or did they have to wear panting outfits and no skirts? I can't remember. But it's one of the two, you know, very strict. And I was in South Carolina specifically. Quick story, uh, when we're talking about black church, uh, it made me think of it as I was sitting here. And um, I was in a youth group called the Gospel Team. The gospel Team used to travel down to South Carolina, specifically uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. We went multiple years, about two or three years of my four years in gospel team, otherwise known as GT, right? Uh, And we had a great time in GT. Uh, Even as I'm telling you the story, I'm sitting here smiling, like it, it was awesome. So what happened was we went down for what we would call tours. We went on tour to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They had another, they started another gospel team down there, and everything. Real cool kids. Kept in touch with a few of them for many, many years. So we go to church, the thing about this church, and I don't remember the name of the church that they went to, uh, but they were saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Spirit. Let's just put it like that, right? So we go to the church service on the day we're supposed to leave on this particular Sunday. And, And keep in mind, this actually happened multiple times, just for the record. This happened multiple times, what I'm about to tell you. So in this one particular time, you know, where we're down there and we're in the middle of service... And the service is uh, very lively. People are praising and singing. People catching the Holy Spirit, passing out, speaking in tongues. Uh, make a like a high, make a honey ho Make a like a high, make a chani-ho. Mola, make a high, make a mola, make a hay. Okay, so this is all the stuff that's going on around us, and you know it's it is cultural, it's regional, and we're like, oh wow, we got to be cool. We can't get out here acting up. So we're gonna just you know we're gonna go along. Do we here, do we're here to sing during the worship service? They actually uh, wanted. People started going, in it's a small church, so people actually wanted to, they started going around the church while they're doing the praise song. And the praise and worship is usually in the beginning of the service. So this went on for about an hour. <laughs> and church hadn't even started yet. The service officially hadn't really started yet. So they're doing the praise and worship, and it gets lively, and the line starts around the church. The so people are dancing and clapping around the church the minister, I don't even know if it was the pastor, I don't even think it was the pastor, it was actually one of the ministers, ministers a ceremony, whatever standing in the middle of the uh, center aisle of the church and people are walking around again in this circle. As this is happening this minister is placing his hands on the congregation as they pass by as people are passing by, he places their hands, his hands on people's foreheads so singing, clapping, yeah praise. Uh, uh, Yeah. Mm. Hallelujah. Right? He passes, he as you pass, he pop right in the forehead and you pass out. Another person comes, right in the forehead, and you pass out. So I'm standing in line and I'm like, oh wow. He he's he knocking jokers out. So I'm looking back and there's a young lady by the name of Tony. Tony from Hillside. Tony's right behind me. And I look back at Tony like. Nah, this ain't gonna work. <laughs> Tony gives me the look. Yeah, you right. So we're going along. Ah. <laughs> yes. Right? Going on. Two people in front of me. He plays on the person in front of that person. Bang, pass out. I just dropped something. Next man up. his hands on that person. Pass out. So guess whose turn it is? Guess who's next in line, folks? Your boy Brian Black. That's right. I'm like, okay. So either I'm hella and I'm not feeling the Holy Spirit or this right here is some nonsense. So, but at the end of the day, I know you're not gonna place hands on me and I'm gonna, you're gonna knock me I'm gonna pass out. That's not gonna happen. So of course your boy comes up. Yeah. <laughs> the pastor, it, it, like when it's like slow motion. The minister, rather, the hand comes down and I see the hand and they want to pray. But it was like the matrix of this. And I sidestep the hand. (laughs) Yes, I know. I ain't crap. But I sidestep the hand. The hand. He catches me on the shoulder, though, because the minister wasn't going to let me go. Catches me on the shoulder. And pray over me. I'm good. I'm like, hey, cool. I made it. I didn't pass out. He didn't try to knock me out. My friend Tony is up. Tony didn't stand a chance. And Tony was a, was a, was a, was a heavyset girl. Three people took Tony down. Pastor got the hands on the forehead. Two other folks had her by the shoulders. Did not let her pass. And she hit the neck. And I was like, dang. So these are the kind of sites that you see in black church. But I digress. Um, so, you know, if you've never experienced this, like I said, if you've never experienced if you're a Caucasian person or someone else who's never experienced black church and you go to a black church and it's lively, it's popping, you're going to be, you know, you uh, <laughs> you can be taken aback a little bit, you know, Um you know, my only issue, and I was just discussing this uh, not too long ago, which is kind of what I me mean, think about it, is that, you know, I think and I'm not in church every Sunday. I can't even tell you the last time I actually physically went to church uh, might have been last year. I, I don't remember. Um, and I'm not bragging about it. I'm just saying that's, you know, some Sundays I get a little, you know, get a little lazy, you know. Um, but I think church is awesome, especially in the, in the African-American community. Um, From a historical perspective as well It kind of kept us together Um, It's a place where we could go And feel safe And congregate with people who look like me Talk like me etc etc Worship like me But I think In a lot of instances You know People Attend a particular church Because of the person who Is either running the church me, and I'll take that back they go to or they attend to church or stick with tend to stick with the church or a church because of an individual whether he be the he or she be the pastor a deacon whatever and that's 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 the mess up right there that's where that's where we go wrong. I was sharing with a friend of mine you know a co-worker I believe was, I forgot who I was talking to but anyway, You know, I remember situations where things would come up in in the church and situations that involve, you know, people again, people in in, in charge, meaning, you know, it it could have been someone that was leading the flock, as they say, and people have left the church or caused a division, a friction within the body of the church that people actually would leave the church. Like, so let's just say I'm a pastor of the church and I get dismissed from my duties for whatever reason. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe... Um, someone accused me of sexual harassment. Okay. And now I have to be dismissed. You know, and because you have your feelings about it, you're saying, okay, well, Brian's the pastor. Brian Black is the pastor. He's not he, but he can't be the pastor anymore because of an accusation. Well, I think that's wrong and I'm leaving too. But you've been a member of this church for 20, 30, 50 years. And that's just wrong. You know, I think, you know, I mean, you're, and people are entitled to their opinions, don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is that, you know, you're not there for a man. You, are, you're, you're, you attend a church and you congregate at a particular church for the man, meaning you know, to worship God. And I don't know, it's just something about that where I keep seeing this or hearing about this over and over again, where people are at a church for a person. And that's just, I don't know, it's just kind of messed up. I feel like, you know, it's just, I don't know where, I don't know what, when that happened or why per per se, but it's just, it's very, I don't know, it's just very, it's all, it's, it's, it's not cool, you know, <laughs> It, it and, and, you know, it just really doesn't make sense to me. And if you, and if a person professes to be, you know, this awesome Christian or what have you. You know, you shouldn't be going to a church about um, just for the one person. It should be about, you know, the, again, the person, you know, it should be about the fellowship you experience with others. Um, you know, in my opinion, you know, and that's just something we, you know, we yeah, people have to get out of, man. You know, people are human and people make mistakes. There's only one infallible person. Okay. Um, so, you know, if, if that's you, you, need to, you know, I feel like you're not the cash judgment on anybody, but that's something like that. You need to re-examine yourself um, in terms of why you are at, at a particular church. I mean, again, that's not my thing. Um, I do think that, you know, when a, when a person gets into trouble or even before that happens, excuse me, if, if if these churches are putting people in power, whether it be your pastor or priest, what have you. You better make sure those background checks are done. You better make sure. You better make sure that they're in good hands when they're around the children. You better make sure. And you best make sure that they've never gotten in trouble with regard to handling matters with children in the past. Make sure those backgrounds are done because it'll save you a lot of trouble down the line. So that was just on my mind about black church and I apologize listening to the brothers over the weekend really kind of made me think about church. So I just kind of wanted to talk, I, you know. I just kind of wanted to to rattle on about that f- for a minute. The other thing that I've been, I've been up to, Warriors of Wrestling, is the other things I've been, is the other thing I've been up to. Uh, we had a show back on May fourth, actually entitled "May the Fourth Be With You." We had the Women's of Warriors kick it off. it was a double shot, Women's of Warriors kicked off, followed by Warriors of Wrestling, and uh, great night, great night. Shout out to Nyla Rose, who um, lost, actually, the Warriors of Wrestling Women's Championship to Nicole Adams, a.k.a. Nikki Adams. For those of you who might be uh, unfamiliar, or the name might sound a little unfamiliar. Uh, But Nikki Adams is once again the Warriors of Wrestling Women's Champion, two-time champion. Congratulations to Nick; She's an awesome young lady. Tell her all the time. She's very good in the ring. Very nice person. You know, the sky's the limit for her. But as for Nyla Rose, she'll be competing at, uh, she is, for those of us who are not wrestling fans, she uh, was signed uh, with All Elite Wrestling, otherwise known as AEW. And she will be competing at their Double or Nothing pay-per-view on April 25th. Nyla is, again, another awesome individual a trailblazer. She is a, uh, for those of you who don't know, is a uh, transgender uh, female uh, wrestler. Um, and the first person of um, first trans wrestler uh, assigned to a major company. So as uh, she's often introduced with us and, you know, groundbreaking, groundbreaking and trailblazing. And that, and that is a fact, Jack. Look her up online if you're not sure about it, if you don't know who she is. Uh, but Nyla is an p- <laughs> avid Pokemon lover. Uh, awesome. In the times that I've been interacting with her over the last so like two and a half, three years. Awesome individual. Very always pleasant. Always kind. Always respectful. Um, so we wish nothing. We here at the Brian Black Experience wish nothing but the best for uh, Nyla Within, I'm going to find a way to watch uh, All or Nothing. I'm not sure if I want to pay 60 bucks for it but because you and Sonny are on it, and and Sonny Kiss are on it, rather, I might actually be punking down some money to try to buy it. So I gotta see how to figure it out, see what I'm doing that day, you know. But I do want to support uh, AEW. Had the opportunity to meet Brandy Rhodes in the past. Awesome individual. Uh, my husband, Cody, is one of the executive vice presidents and founders of the company. So I'm really excited about that promotion, as is everyone else that is a wrestling fan. And um, I really hope... You know, I really hope that uh, it takes off. I really I don't I mean, I don't doubt that it will take off, to be honest with you, especially if they pull a man to acquire some of these ex WWE talents who've already uh, made a name for themselves. Is You know, um, not in so much the way the WCW used to do it and just buy up all the big name free agents, but just, you know, because some of these guys that are in NXT and um, who are called up to the main roster are legit stars uh, or were legit stars on the independent wrestling scene and they've already made a name for themselves outside of WWE WWE is either repackaging or enhancing what these men and women already put down at this point and that's just from a consumer perspective I'm not again going to get too much into the product but that's from where I have sit that's what I've seen over the last Three years, with regards to that perform what they're doing with NXT and the Performance Center, um, which is cool. I mean, you know, it's always been a dream for many, many a uh, young professional wrestler to be signed to the WWE. And if that's what they have, they got to go to a Performance Center and spend some spend some time down there. Then that's what they're going to do. Still, WWE is money still green. It's it's very interesting, and I think that. All, you know acquiring those other name talents and put them in the work not just saying hey we got a spot show they're going to be there um, will really enhance and add even more credibility to the to to the brand to their A to AEW um, you know so what I would ask, add credibility and prestige Brian Black but that's another story <laughs> so I'm definitely looking forward to getting shout out to Nyla Rose Shout out to Warriors of Wrestling. Shout out to Sunny Kiss. And, and we're really looking forward to our, our next show. And I believe that the next Warriors of Wrestling show will be on June 9th over at the Fun Station in Staten Island, New York. And I forget offhand who our special uh, guest will be that particular night because I can't think. And I'm hungry. And I'm sleepy. And no, I'm not a seven. And I'm not one of the seven worst. But anyway... I'm going to break up out of here. I just wanted to touch base with you guys. And, you know, I'm sorry for I hope I didn't let anybody down with my uh, hiatus. One day I'll get into uh, why I hiated. Does that work? It is now. Uh, It's nothing bad. Just been a little busy. And um, hopefully I have some good news to share with you. So until then, if you know know anyone, if anyone wants to be a guest on the show, know somebody who they'd like to like me to interview on the show, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram at or Instagram rather at the underscore skills. That's skills with a Z. And I'll see you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Don't forget to always be yourself and never change. And as for me, I'm hints now forevermore. Unapologetically black. Brian Black.